Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Off the Hook with AJ. I am your host, AJ. I got a very special guest with me. Man, I got to introduce him. I got to give him a great introduction right now. The fighters mechanic, Coach Cut. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. Uh, I'm ready to get this going. You know, uh, I really do appreciate you hopping on. Um, I know you got. I know you got a busy schedule, and uh, thanks for making time for me, man. Oh man, appreciate you for having me on the show, man. You know how it is. So let's get to it, man. How'd you get? How'd you get started in boxing? Well, grew up in Nickerson Gardens, Watts, South Central, Low Bottoms, okay. um, 108th and Central, 27th Street and Central. Um, okay. When I first got into sixth grade, I used to fight all the time. Like it was to the point where you know. My brothers, he was from, he was from, you know, he was from the hood around there. I don't really want to okay. put all the business out there, but he was from the neighborhood. And all so right. a lot of the older guys would have, you know, their brothers, their little brothers fight each other. Okay. Like my little brother whoop your little brother. One of those type of joints, right? And so right, right. every now and then I would be in the house. Big bro come pull me out the house. Like, yo, get down with this. You know what I mean? Like, got to get down with this young boy. And that's when the whole real, like, fighting really got in because we, we were like Gamecocks. <laughs> we right. just had to fight. You know what I mean? But we uh -huh. all we all became good friends, though. We wasn't like hating each other. Was, this is what you did. And so in sixth grade, when I started sixth grade, I went to uh, Carver Middle School off of Vernon and McKinley. Okay. Every day I would walk home by myself the first three months of my sixth grade year, I was getting jumped. There was these four or five dudes who, for right. whatever reason, when I would pass by this specific little spot called the Dunbar Hotel, they would just, you know, bang on me. Where, where, where you from? For no and reason, just, just because. For no reason. You know what I mean? Just, you know, young kids, nothing better to do. No hope. Right. No, you know what I mean? And so I would just end up getting jumped almost all the time. And I remember uh, the first time I tried to go a different route, I ended up getting banged on and chased by dogs. So I said, oh, man, I got to stick to that route. Right. And I, You know, and so I really didn't feel like, oh, I could go to my mom's and my pops because I'm like, what are they going to do? Walk me to school and. You know what I mean? And the kids gonna be like, oh, your daddy walking you to school and this and that. So uh -huh. whenever I could, I would make sure I'm with my brother. I'll make sure with some other people who are walking. But a lot of times I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And so that continued for like three, almost four months to where every day I walked home from school by myself, I knew it was on. Okay. And so that's when I really started getting that real like aggression, that real like like warrior type mindset, because it was a whole sink or swim. Do I want to, you know, go through life hiding and running or do I got to face it head on? And at that point, I'm like, yo, it is what it is. And so I just started fighting back. And so eventually I started getting used to it, you know, because mm -hmm. if you open your eyes and you embrace any type of challenge, you're going to learn from all the mistakes. And so if you got four or five guys constantly jumping this, and I was a little guy, you know what I mean? I'm only 5'8 now, so I was a little dude. So you four or five dudes bigger than this little kid, y'all not learning nothing. Y'all just bullying them. True, so true, yeah. me, I'm like, all right, cool. You ain't going to keep beating me up every day. So I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing. I'm like, all right. So I ended up beating them up eventually to where I'm like, all right, I got better at it. I would slam one guy, punch one guy, squabble one guy, the other guy would run. And it got to a point where it was getting easier for me. So now I was like, I had this mindset to where I'm ready now. Right. So any day I knew my brother was either going to stay or not be there. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. I had my shoes ready, the right shoes, right clothes. I'm like, I'm ready to roll. And so that led me to this boxing gym, Los Reds boxing gym off of 29th and Central. 
right? Okay. It's a it's a basement gym, and that's where me that's where I met Coach Yukai. That's he was he was the one who actually first trained me, taught me how to actually how like you, you know. Oh uh, man, I was about 12, 13. Okay, 12, 13. All right. Yeah, because there was a there was a center, a community center called a place called home right across the street from Menos Tires, which was right next door to the gym. Because right. it was the basement. So it was Guy's house and he had his basement. And it was a lot of real famous trainers and fighters who would actually go in and out of there. Mm-hmm. And it was all Hispanic. And so I'm the only black kid. And so they came to the gym like, you know, we have boxing classes for kids. And I was the first one to raise my hand like, man, I need okay. to I need to get in this. Right. Right. Because I'm like, I got I to do something because I started, you know. I was an honor. I was an honest. I was a good kid. You know what I mean? I used to fight a lot, but I was still a good kid. I was on the honor roll. But once the, you know, the fight and, and the jumping started that, happening. I read on um, that you uh, you also played football, right? We'll get into that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And so I was an honor roll kid. And then all of a sudden, my grades and everything just dropped off. Parents didn't know why. They thought I was just being bad. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no. Nah. But I couldn't tell them, you know, I'm being beaten up almost every day after school. Right. And so I got into the gym. And they saw how I moved and I had good footwork because of football and I had, you know, a good sense of my, you know, my awareness and everything was good because I'm getting jumped by four or five guys. So I got to know how to maneuver. Okay. And I'm like, all right, just fighting one guy. I'm like, this is pretty, pretty easy. And so they were like, oh man, you know, young black kid, real athletic, not afraid to bang. Cause it was only a 14 by 14 ring in there. And so you had your, your run of the mill, uh, Mexican fighters who that so you was had their a really squab in there, man. You had a really yeah. Squab. You like there was no running. Like yeah. this is Mexican fight. Like these are Mexican with fighters. The Mexican style, they come right at you. They're coming right at and, you forward. And the crazy thing is, I knew when they because they threw me to the wolves, and I didn't mind because I'm like I'm fighting every day anyway. And right. so they were like, "Yo, you like the first week? You want to spar?" I'm like, "Sure, right." But they took care of me, man. Like I remember, he bought me my first pair of gloves. He he looked after me. He took me to shows. Got my passbook. Like, I suggest anybody go to Lo- go to Instagram, Los Reyes Boxing Club, follow them, support them, because what they do for young kids in South Central, man, is amazing. Yeah, and, I've, and, heard of, and, uh, I, I, I've heard of that gym. I haven't had the pleasure to stop by. Uh, you know, you got people. to. But uh, I'm gonna make that a point to go there. Maybe me and you can uh, we could go together, man. And uh, oh man, definitely. And definitely. go back I'm to memory you, lane, right? Uh, Chicanito Hernandez, his pops and his older brother would train out of there. A lot okay. of guys, a lot of guys would, would train out of there and a lot of top amateurs, a lot of like guys, you know, would go through there. And a lot of their trainers were, you know, veteran fighters who've been in the ring or sparred, which camps right. with Julio Cesar Chavez and all of these type of things. So this, this is a rich history down there, a real rich history. And so they would throw me in the first week. And of course, I'm getting beaten up because boxing is different from anything. Right. And right. so. I, I knew they kind of really enjoyed beating up on this young black kid. And I didn't mind because it made me go home and be like, all right, cool. And so I'm like, man, I got to figure it out because it was always a language barrier for Coach Yukai because, you know, yeah, English was his second language. Right. And so, but but he just knew how, to, I don't know what it was. It was an energy and I was just getting it, right? And so I would go home and I would start studying film now. I would study Hagler. I would study, my pops was an old school guy. He would always talk about Hagler and Muhammad Ali. He would talk about... He put me on to the Hagler versus uh, Mugabe fight. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a classic right there. That was a that was a scrap. Uh-huh. He put me on to Alexis Arguello and uh, Aaron Pryor. He put me on to all of that. And then I hear I hear I see Roy Jones Jr. And that's what changed it for me. When I saw Roy, I said, "Oh man, 
And it's so now I'm like, okay, cool. So I start shadow boxing. I'm doing Roy's moves. I'm emulating him while I'm watching his fights. He, uh, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to use this in the ring. Right. Okay. And so I started being more athletic because I'm like, these guys are grounded. These guys are like real technical. They come forward. If you hit them, no matter how many times you hit these dudes, they, they, they moving their head, they rocking, they rolling, and they coming right. off of counters. And so if you don't know how the science works, if you just hop in the ring, guys are doing stuff and they're setting you up there. They're like, it, it's a chess match. And I had to learn how to maneuver. I couldn't run. So I had to learn tactics. So I would watch Archie Moore. I would watch uh, Ken Norton. I would watch Joe Lewis. I, I'm not Joe Lewis, uh, Joe Frazier. I would watch all of these guys. I never really watched Joe Lewis. He wasn't, he didn't have access to that type of yeah, stuff back true, then. Yeah. We didn't have the YouTube and stuff, but my pops had tapes. And so, I would watch all of these fighters and I would see how they would, you know, cover up, go here, turn here. Archie Moore with the Philly shell. I see how he turn his, you know, point his shoulder at the guy. I'm like, all right, maybe if I point my, you know, because no one's teaching me, mm. I'm learning on my own. And so the reason why I have so much knowledge as a trainer is simply because I had to figure it all out. Right. And so I'm in there and I'm learning. I'm taking my bumps, taking my lumps. I'm doing all of this stuff, but I'm starting to find my home in the midst of all of that. And so my start was a Mexican-based style type of fighting, but I had my own little, you know, swagger to it because I'm an athletic young black dude. And so I was able to mix the two together. And so it worked good for me. But the only thing when I started my amateur career through them, oh, I was taking losses. <laughs> oh, okay. Because the amateur see, style is different. You have, uh, you have over 200 uh, amateur fights, correct? Yeah, and the crazy thing about that is I never saw myself going anywhere. I never, I never took it as, oh, I can make a career out of this. Because I was, you know, everybody had me playing football. So your end game wasn't to, to become pro. You just wanted to just no. get in there and have fun and bro. I, I love, I love to fight. I, I like I being in that, that gym. Yeah, being in that gym, it was just the atmosphere, man. Like it was love. Like it was nothing but love in that gym. And guys would just be in there. You go in there, sparring. Let's go. Sparring. Let's go. We sparring. Right. Let's go. And guys working it like it was just it was amazing. The whole culture in that gym to me, it just blew my mind. And that's when I'm like, man, boxing is what I was born to do. And I just love to fight because I, when I was taking those losses. I was beating myself up like, oh, man, like my 15th loss. Right. Mm. I was getting I was getting beat. I'm talking about beat up beat like not just, oh, he's losing. No, I'm talking about. I couldn't get away from a punch, right? Like, yeah, he was handing it to me. And, it, and it, I'm like, man, maybe maybe this ain't for me. Maybe I should just go to school, play football, but just go to the gym, right? right. And then I remember, like, eyes are swollen. I remember just blurry. I remember my head hurting. I remember being lightheaded. I remember a nose bleeding. I'm looking at my blood, like, drip onto my, like, uh, my little amateur jersey. And I'm just, like, looking down, and I'm like, you know, People are watching, people are, uh, you know, rooting for the other guy. And I'm like, you know, starting to be known as, oh, this dude always comes in here and loses. And so it's like, oh, everybody want to pair this guy up with me. I'm like, all right, whatever. But I just enjoyed the fight. And I remember saying, like, my body shouldn't feel like this, right? In my head, I started doubting and like, oh, I shouldn't feel like this. I shouldn't barely be able to see because my eyes are puffy from getting hit so much and my nose is swollen. I can't breathe through it because it's, like it was crooked, and you know what I mean. And it was just so much. Yeah. But then I remember saying, "What else am I gonna do? I'm gonna go home, get back into the streets, and I'm like, do what? You know what I mean? So I'm like, he might as well kill me, right? And so in my head, I'm just saying, just be willing to die, right? I'm just saying, kill me, kill me. And I'm going out there. I'm like, I'm getting hit if I cover up. I'm getting hit if I move back. 
I'm getting hit if I try to get away. So why not get hit hitting him back? Right. Right. It just click like like this might be my last fight. Oh, well, it is what it is. And so I went in there and I found that comfort after a few after a few punches I landed. I saw he felt felt that power. And I'm like, yeah. And then he started like, you know, being a little more cautious. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Then I start feeling like I'm back at the gym. So I'm like, oh, I see. I, th- I think I found my groove. And so then I just started getting comfortable. I started just letting him have it. Letting okay. him, I started letting my hands go. Let my hands go. I just take a move. Slip, boom, slip counter, slip counter. You know what I mean? Roll, boom, pivot counter. Like I was just, I was at home now. My mm-hmm. whole mindset changed after being in that corner and really, I didn't hear nothing any of my coaches were saying. Anybody who was in my corner was saying. I didn't hear nothing all my supporters were saying, I should say, because it's just my one coach. I didn't hear nothing anybody was saying. In my head, I'm just, like, tuned out. Like, I'm going to just go in here and just finish this fight, and we'll see what we do next. And I ended up getting a standing eight. Like, I completely beat him that last round, and this dude was just giving me the run for my money. And after that, I said, this is it. I said, I'm ready. I ended up winning my next 30 fights. Damn. Because now I had, to, I had to change. Yeah, I had to. Ch- it was my psychology change in that moment because I was so afraid of getting hit that I wasn't taking a lot of risks. So I'm being real cautious, trying not to get punched. You know what I mean? And then I just said, you know what? I'm here to fight. So you're saying basically when 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 you basically found that, like, all right, you know what? If I'm going to get hit, I might as well hit back because I'm going to get hit. No might as well. well. Yeah, because it's like I could... it just switched for you where everything just changed. Yep. That was a moment because I always had that 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 caution, like I better not get hit, right? Like you know, because it's like you know, hit that's, don't get that's, hit. That's a lot of fighters' um, fear. I mean, that's just anybody's fear, honestly. Like nobody likes to get hit. Let's be real. It is. You know, nobody. And then I realized, but once you oh, find ahead, that niche, no, once you find that niche, you know, in regards to like what you did, I might as well hit back. I'm getting hit no matter what. Might as well do my part, and then the rest was history after that, man. Yeah, because I wasn't afraid of pain because I'm getting mm-hmm. beat up. I was getting beat up for like almost three to four months. So right. it wasn't like I was afraid of like, you know, getting punched. It was just right. the whole pride thing. Like I'm being humiliated out here. Like I can only get embarrassed so much. And then so I finally you decided don't be a like. punching bag either. Yeah, that too. And not, not every guy would would be a, would beat me like that. But this specific dude, and I can't mm-hmm. remember his name, but he did everything right. When I say like any any mistake that I made, he caught it. And I noticed that because I wouldn't close my eyes or look away. I would take the punch head on. Like, because when you're sparring in that gym with those guys, those rough veterans, I'm talking about show up with paint on their boots, show up with uh, cement on their boots, right? right. With a lunch pail, like literally with their hard hats tagged to their uh, bags, they construction workers, they're carpenters. Mm-hmm. They're making money like they, this is how they really eat. They're feeding their families. And so yeah. they're not playing in there. These are grown men, too. This ain't just, you know. There was this one guy, you know, he was like an Aztec warrior. He had like the little braid with the little patch and the rest was bald. Oh, man, that dude could hit like, um, just like he was swinging a bat, like literally. And so in the gym, I learned that, you know, you got to keep your eyes open. You got to watch. If you see the punch coming, you have a better opportunity of catching it, slipping it, rolling it, moving it rather than pulling back away from it. See it coming and go towards it. And that's why I teach the style that's kind of like a peekaboo or I teach more of that because I'm like, you know, don't go away. Go at it. Like if someone, you know, that was someone about to one shoot one you. of my questions right there, like what is your style? Like what is it that you you focus on when you're training somebody? What's that style that, that you teach? And that's the thing. I don't have one style. 
because I ended up switching coaches and gym so much that I learned so many different styles at work. Because there was a time where, okay, I'm winning like 30 plus fights, but then, all right, it got stale because this style doesn't work with everybody. And then once I started losing more fights again, you know, I had to go, you know, find something else that worked. So I would, I would go to another gym and I would learn a different style. And then, you know, then my next trainer was a, uh, was a, was a black gentleman, a young, a young cat. And then he taught me, you know, the Philly shell because he saw me trying to use it, but he really taught me, you know, the footwork and everything behind it. And so I'm like, all right, cool. That helped me really like take away a lot of fighters punches. Right. And like, you know, I was able to focus on one punch and effortlessly, you know, negate another punch coming. So I'm like, all right, cool. And it really fit my style more as far as being athletic, young and slick. Right. He's like, man, you real slick. You real slick with it, man. He's like, I'm going to teach you this. I'm like, you do this. And so he taught me the Philly shell. And so I started using the shell, but I was comfortable still in my original style where I was coming forward, you know, not really squared up, but almost squared up, letting my hands go and moving in, moving out and not moving back so much. And I would kind of get frustrated with the way he was teaching me because I was used to the other way. And so I'd start mixing it up. I'm like, all right, I can get aggressive with this guy. This guy's aggressive. I can get slick with this guy. And then that just started happening. And so I realized you can't fight one way in the ring. And so I don't teach one way. I teach scenarios. I teach fighting in spots, knowing if you if you ever get trapped in a corner, you know, don't get comfortable in there. Here's what you do. You know what I mean? You can trap a guy. So don't just move around aimlessly, you know, get to a spot, bring him to a spot, set up, set up your shots, move, take him to another spot. Get Be calm, be patient, see the shots coming, you know, and all of this stuff I'm really learning from film study. I'm learning from, you know, what my coaches are teaching me. And so I realized that I, I'm not going to just use this one specific style. Mm -hmm. I'm a blended depending on the guy. And not only that, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, no, not only that. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to do. When I fight this guy, I'm going to start learning how to fight orthodox because I was a natural southpaw. So I'm like, I'm going to learn how to fight orthodox. Oh, so you were a southpaw. I'm a, I'm a natural southpaw. I can okay. literally, I fight both ways like, like it's nothing. Okay. I can switch from orthodox to southpaw. I don't lose my balance. I don't lose my, my rhythm. I don't lose anything. So like I can just Crawford before Crawford. Yeah. Okay. But the difference is the difference is I will stay there. I like so if one guy is good with his jab, let's say he's orthodox and his jab is real good, I'm gonna go southpaw because I want to keep my jab in front of his jab. I want to force him to throw that right hand, right? That's right. what I do. Not only that, I can keep moving to my right. If I move into my right, which is his left, if I keep moving to my right and his left, I know what to look out for. I'm gonna look out for the hook. But what I want to do is I want him to throw that right hand because I'm able to switch directions because of my footwork to where when that right hand comes, I can get right outside, pivot out. And now I have the angle on. Him. And so okay. all of these things I'm learning, because when you're dealing in a small ring with aggressive fighters, you have to figure out ways to not get beaten up against the ropes because that's what they're trying to do is push. You. And so I'm learning these tricks with, through trial and error. And that's why I tell guys all the time, don't go into a spawn session trying to compete. And a lot of, if you go into a lot of gyms, guys are in there, oh, I whoop you up. And any guy who will call me out trying to prove something, I wouldn't get in the ring with him. I'm like, I'm not going to learn nothing. Right. Yeah, because I'm going to let I'm going to let you take your shots because I'm working. Right. Like I'm literally working. So I'm going to let you take your shots. But if you're trying to prove something, 
it's not going to end. It's not going to be good because I'm giving you shots because I'm working on my game and you right. think you're taking advantage. And so when I'm in a sparring session, I'm not trying to impress nobody. I'm literally in there working and learning like, all right, let me let me work on catching their right hand. Let me work on my guard. Let me work on strengthening my guard. Let me work on catching and rolling the hook. You're going to get hit a lot because it's trial and error. But, and, you know, I would go back to the corner and I had coaches who would like get on my head about it. Like, you got to do this. And I'm like, coach, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to work on this. But they would actually make it into a, like a competition, too. And so that would always cause friction. So I'm like this. I'm not going to grow here. And then I would end up going somewhere else looking for another coach. That was a blessing and a curse, a curse because I couldn't build no relationship or consistency. But a blessing because I got to learn a lot from a lot of different guys. And it really right. gave Absolutely. me so much experience and right. knowledge. Now, when it comes to that, like, I noticed that a lot of boxers, they move around. You know, um, there's only a select few that honestly just stick to one gym and one, and they're just known to be in that gym, right? For instance, yeah. Pacquiao, he's known to be in that wild card. Yeah. No, he's known for that because of Freddie Roach. I always see that a lot of boxers move around from gym to gym. Trainers move around from gym to gym. I've always wondered why. Can you explain that? I think it's because a lot of times, uh, a few times for me, it was an ego thing. Okay. You know what I mean? I didn't want to listen. It was a few, few gyms where I just didn't want to listen. And I'm like, this ain't working for me. Right? Okay. I'm like, like with Los, Re with Los Reyes, it was no issue because, you know, they understood that, you know, it's, it's, it's a little difficult and his, you know what uh -huh. I mean? It's always love there. That's why I like, man, look, if I could build his gym into a fortress, I would do that for him because I owe my life to that boxing gym. Right. And so a, a lot of times it's just ego. It's ego from the fighters, ego from the coach. A lot of times a fighter kind of like how I'm trying to work on my game, my skill, my skill set and really sharpen my tools, but he wants me to get in there and show off. He wants to show off like, no, nah, I need you to stop taking shots because he's maybe at this gym like oh my fighter's better than your fighter so and I have the mindset of coach I'm not trying to compete or prove I'm better than him I'm trying to grow I'm trying to learn like right. I saw I saw you know I saw this guy do this on his you know I saw Roy use this move I saw Bernard do this one move I'm sitting here trying to sharpen my tools you know what I mean I'm trying to get better and add more to my repertoire but right. and so it's like a clash and it's like this ain't gonna work and a lot of coaches they'll they'll throw you away too you got a lot of coaches that'll throw you away like, if I come in there and I'm like, coach, I don't feel like sparring today. What do you mean you don't feel like sparring? You scared? You scared? I said, no, nah, man, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I'm tired. I don't want to get punched and I don't have no energy and I get tired and I'm just, you know, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, and there's a lot of just egos like, oh, you soft and this and that. And it's like, all right, whatever. And then right. you get in a bouncing. And then a lot of times it's just that you take a loss and you blame your coach. I did that. I made that mistake as well. You take a loss, you blame your coach. And then I learned finally, you know, what just, trust your coaches like trust your coaches just, right. just just give them the benefit of the doubt then a lot of times it's like a lot of coaches they they refuse to change their ways too they're so stuck in what they did as fighters that they're like no 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 don't do that i had one coach who was real good but he would tell me not to fight a certain way like i would drop my hands because i'm you know i want to i want to trap you i'm going to set a trap for you i want you to take this shot right because i would notice that if i had my hands up the guy is just I'm a heavy bag, right? He's just going to let his hands go. So I'm like, no, nah, if I if I give him something, he'll take it. It's like chum, right? It's like throwing chum in the water. If I throw chum in the water, shark's going to come bite on it, right? 
Right. So I'm like, if I give him my, my if, I, if I guard myself and I give him this opening and he can't break my guard, he's going to end up taking that. And when he does that, that's when I can block counter. You know what I mean? Or I can right, roll, right. pivot, counter. I, certain things I can do. And so I teach my fighters, you know, always have your hands up, protect yourself. But I'm like, you have to set traps because if a fighter has to break your guard, he's going to just start taking off and just letting his hands go. And I'm like, you want to control and dictate what happens by giving him something and just kind of switching it up. Like you'll give him, you know, get, get, let him give him that right hand. He wants to throw that right hand. Give him that right hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wants to jab to the body. Raise your guard. Give him the body. Counter over top when he comes in. You know what I mean? Pivot, take a step back. Slip. Counter over top when he comes in. He want to throw the hook. Give him the hook. You know what I mean? Catch it. Boom. Counter off the hook. Catching, catching counters. Like. Yeah. Certain things you want to do right. because now you're dictating the action. They don't know it because you're constantly switching up and giving him new new looks. And a fighter's going to take what they have, and that allows fighters to be calm and patient rather than moving around looking for an opening, right? You see, you see fighters that you know they're on their toes, they're moving side to side, lateral movement, circling the ring. They're they're trying to, they're hoping something opens up. I teach my fighters, you don't have to hope something opens up, you know what that other guy wants. Give it to him or let him or make him think he has it. That way you prepare for it during camp and you know exactly what to do when it happens. And a lot of these fighters, they aren't prepared. So they're in there just saying, all right, I'm just going to use my hand speed or my or my power to break his guard. Or I'm going to use my hand speed to beat him to the punch. Or I'm going to use my foot speeds, you know, get out, get in. When it's like, you know, if you watch Floyd, Floyd, a lot of most of the time, he'll sit right there and he'll wait. Right. Floyd uses excellent timing and that's he baits you. And that's what I tell guys. I'm like, if you move too quick, he'll pull that punch. Right. Mm -hmm. He'll know when not to move. And that's why Pacquiao is so effective against most other guys, because the minute he starts moving, they start moving right away. And he catches you. He catches you with that fourth or that fifth shot. Right. Right. <laughs> he doesn't catch that's you true. with the first or the second. He's going to catch you with that third, fourth or fifth one because he's still coming because his immaculate footwork. And those punches from different angles are still coming. So you move back, he's still coming, and one of those punches is going to land. Look at how he knocked down Keith Thurman. Yeah. Thurman thought he cleared Pacquiao's punch. He was trying to move away. He didn't, see that, he didn't see that third punch coming, right? Nah, he yeah. didn't see it coming. But with Floyd, Pacquiao would throw that punch. Floyd would wait. Like, his Floyd was so brilliant. He would wait, and that punch would get to a certain point. Then he'd pull the rug from underneath Pacquiao's feet. So now Pacquiao can't move. He has to stop and reset rather than Floyd moving quick and Pacquiao knowing it. So now Pacquiao is compensating for what he knows Floyd is doing. That's so true. if you throw a right hand at me and you move and you throw punches and bunches like Pacquiao, if I get you to commit to that first shot, you're going to put all your effort into committing to landing that shot because it's that close. And the minute I move back, then you find yourself off balance because you, you overcommitted. And that's what made that fight so easy for Floyd. That's true. You know what? Uh, I love the way you put that, man. That's a lot of good information out there that I personally didn't really realize until you you said it. I'm like, wait, you're right. You know, that's true with the whole Pacquiao and, and Mayweather, how he would wait until he got like right here and then he'll just pull away. Just go. He didn't want to go toe to toe with him. And two, he no, didn't want to chase him like crazy because he knew that if Pacquiao's feet are moving, his hands are moving with his feet. Yeah, and, and that's why Floyd so and, and Mayweather can't defend that. Yeah, and that's why Floyd also so so excellent at tying up. 
because he would do that. And in the minute he's in a certain spot against the ropes in the corner, he does the same thing. That timing comes, he'll slip that one shot that Pacquiao commits to, get up under him and hook him. Yeah. And then right. he would get out of there. And, right. and that's what, and, and that's why Mosley was able to catch Mayweather in that first round of their fight because Floyd's timing was off that one shot. <laughs> like Mosley threw that shot like, like a little too quick and Floyd couldn't really get that timing down, but he got it down after that round though, right? Because mm-hmm. he took over the fight after that because he's like, yeah. okay, he adjusted to, to Mosley's timing, to his Would speed. You say Mayweather has a chin? Oh, definitely. Right. Definitely. Like, like guys think a chin is just being able to take shots. Mm-hmm. A chin is getting hurt and being able to keep your composure. That's what Mayweather had. Everybody's going to get hurt. Some guys can take a good shot. You know what I mean? That's cool. They have a chin of granite. But having a chin is being able to stay on your feet. And we've seen Demarcus Corley, one of my favorite fighters to watch. Mm-hmm. Really talented. It doesn't matter if he loses. And I'm that guy like win, lose, or draw. Guys will show you something that you can learn from. Right. And if you can learn something from a guy, win, lose, or draw, why, why would you hate on that fighter? I, like, I want to see more of guys. I don't care if they win, lose, or draw. If they show me something I can learn from, I want to see more. And the issue is you don't have enough purists like that who understand that you can learn something in a defeat. Because I learned more from the losses than I did from my victories. Because if you start winning too much, you start getting high off yourself to where you, you think everything you're doing is right. Yeah, because everything you're doing is right. Clearly, I'm winning, so I don't need to learn nothing else. But when you're getting beat, it's like, all right, I liked what he did. I learned a lot of stuff. I would do things fighters used on me in sparring for the next several weeks leading up to my next fight. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to start learning that. I'm going to start using that. It worked on me. It, it could work on anybody else. True. And let me ask you this. How do you think uh, Mayweather stayed 50 and 0? Look, Mayweather stayed 50 and 0. And this like, is what I tell and you. I, and right? I'm asking that because like how you said, you know, like you learn from your losses. Mayweather didn't have a loss, which he did have one in the Olympics, right? Yeah, he did. He but I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you why. I'm going to tell you why Mayweather is 50 and 0. Nobody matched Mayweather's preparation, right? And this is what I tell fighters. Your preparation is everything, right? Preparation means when you go into that ring, you are prepared for everything that's going to happen. You're prepared for the guys who are aggressive. You're prepared for the guys who are awkward. You're prepared for the guys who do this. You know what to do. And and I posted a few days ago, champions ask questions of their opponents. You Mm -hmm. get what I mean? The fighters who ask questions of themselves already lost. Right. And so Andre Ward Mayweather, the reason why they were able to be undefeated and they beat champions. I don't like a lot of people like to hate on Mayweather and say, oh, he beat this guy and it was at this moment. I'm like, Cotto wasn't washed up because he lost twice. You know what I mean? Right. He would go on to beat, you know, he would go on to beat Sergio Martinez and go up and beat middleweights after. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I would tell him Mayweather could only make the money he made by fighting guys that the majority of the fan base believe would beat Mayweather. So if you believe that this guy wouldn't have a chance against Mayweather, Mayweather wouldn't have fought that guy because he wouldn't have made no money, right? Yeah. Because like one of the surprising when, moves that he did was when he when he uh, fought Canelo. When he announced that on Twitter, I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. You know because, what I mean? And that's because that's the fight that we all wanted to see at the time. But you know yeah. what, though? Us as fans, we're greedy. We're greedy because we thought Canelo was ready. He was not ready. But I mean, awesome. you could, you could, you couldn't be mad. I thought he was ready. I'm like, oh, I, this is gonna. I be. thought he was ready. Too, Even though I picked I Mayweather to win, I said this is gonna be because I'm a, I'm a like Canelo is my favorite fighter. Canelo oh, does man. everything right, and, and it goes to the point to where 
Canelo's loss to Mayweather taught him a lot. It That's taught him a lot about patience. Yeah. Like, if you watch how he fought Saunders, it taught him a lot about patience. The mistake he made with fighting Laura is that he chased Laura, right? Mm-hmm. He was chasing him, trying to get to him. That was what Laura wanted him to do. I still think he beat Laura because he did excellent body work. Like, you can, you can, you can, like, you know, highlight with Laura, all Laura. Yeah, people think he won that fight because, you know, if you watch the highlights, it's all Canelo getting popped with one or two shots and Laura moving out the way. But when you watch the whole fight in its entirety, you got you to gotta see that body of work Canelo was putting into the body. And there's only fighters fight. don't, I mean. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I think there's only one fight that I believe Canelo really lost was that first Triple G fight. I don't that, see, see. And that's why I'm, see, I had it a draw. I had it a draw. Okay. Okay. When he when he had that fight, I said, okay, because he had on winning gloves, and I noticed, I, and I and I noticed that I said he has on winning gloves probably because you know he really has to let his power go, and Triple G has to grant a chin, and he has to adjust to that new weight. So mm-hmm. I'm like, he probably, I'm like, oh, so he got on winning gloves. He's probably protecting he his hands because gloves. that's right. He was wearing winning gloves, and he's never, I've never seen him wear winning gloves in a he fight. Wears his own. So I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, this weight's going to be different. Because now he's going to have to move because Triple G is going to come forward and he doesn't really know if he can take those punches yet, right? He said, so he got out and he was just outboxing Triple G. The first three rounds, Triple G couldn't find Canelo. And I'm like, my only concern is he's going to tire out fighting like that because that's not how Canelo fights. And that's exactly what happened. People think Triple G took over the fight. Canelo started to winded. He got winded. And because before that, all Triple G could do was really land a jab, right? He couldn't mm-hmm. find Canelo, but once Canelo got winded, he started opening up a little bit more for Triple G. And I gave the I gave round four through ten, or four through nine. I gave four through nine all to Triple G because Canelo wasn't active. It wasn't that he was getting beat. He wasn't as active as he was in the first three rounds. And he was being smart. Again, it goes back to him being smart. He's pacing himself, right? He's mm-hmm. still landing shots. He's still doing good things to where it's like, all right, he's not just being beaten up. But he couldn't really push the action. Then I gave Canelo the last three rounds. I'm like, this is a draw. I'm like, as long as he doesn't get knocked down, this is a draw. I had it a draw. I'm not mad at anybody for having it for Triple G both ways because, again, I don't care. I'm not invested into a fighter's personal expenses or account or whatever. I just love a good fight, and that was a great fight. Neither one disappointed. It was a great fight. It was a great fight. Hands down. Even the second one. That's what I want fans to appreciate. That's all I want. That's all I want people to appreciate a great fight. Because if we appreciate great fights, we get more fights. You know what I'm saying? Canelo three. What do you think? You think that's going to happen? Oh no, Canelo's going. It's not going to. I think you know what? I think it will happen. I think it only happens if the plant if the plant fight falls through. I think it happens. I think the triple G fights a backup. Yeah, but personally, I would rather see Canelo fight Gabe Rosado. That would be a good one. I like, I like, I've been a fan of Gabe Rosado since like 2013, 2014. He fought um, the one cat that Saunders just completely just outclassed and like dismissed in the ring. Mm. What's his name? The Canadian cat. The Canadian cat. I'm just drawing a blank. I, you know, I got my mind from getting punched so much. I know. Uh, uh, Luminix? You know what I'm talking. Say it again. Luminix? No, no, not, no. He's not Canadian, is he? He would have, he, he shaved the sides. He had the hair like. 
You know what? I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'm, I'm really bad with names, man. I'm, I'm punch yeah. drunk a lot. Like, I, 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 I lose train of thought like that from taking some. No, but I know who you're talking about, but I, I, I forgot the actual guy's name, though. I know. he's a He was a young dude. Okay. Can you hear me? Oh, there. Phone got disconnected from uh, the audio. Now I got oh, it. Okay. Um, no, I'm saying that I, I remember who you're talking about. I just don't remember the name. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to. Vision. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm drawing yeah, a blank. Too. I'm drawing a blank. So, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, what's your point in regards and to? And so, uh, like, Laro. again, it go it goes back to what can I learn from this guy? And, and is he is he technically sound? Is he giving you something you can watch and learn from? Rosado does that. Rosado does a lot of things right. The first six rounds of any Rosado fight is going to be competitive because, you know, he knows how to scrap. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows he knows how to fight. And I think him being with Freddie Roach is perfect. Because Freddie Roach is, is going to turn him into a real, a real monster. And then he started late, so he's really growing. And what you right. see out of Rosado is what happens when you give these professional fighters opportunities to grow. You look at Tevin Farmer. You look at all of these guys. Let get let allow them to lose, because if they know it's okay to lose and they can still bounce back and come back, and they ain't got to worry about you know if the next fight is going to take place because I lost this or. Will I ever have a shot at ever winning a championship because of the politics? He'll be able to get back in that ring and redeem himself like Farmer did, right. like Rosado did. Now he's a champion. You feel what I'm saying? True, true. And so I like Rosado really is a good film study. I love I love watching fights and studying fighters and learning stuff. Right. And plus, I still do a lot of sparring and getting in the ring. So I'm actually getting ready. I'm going down to wait. I plan on fighting again. And like my wife said, all right, baby, I'll let you fight. Like she oh, never wanted me to fight pro. Man, I would love to uh, stop by. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she would never let me fight, and I'm like, baby, I gotta fight. And I've been trying to get her to let me fight for a long time, and she's like, I don't want, I don't want you to do it. I don't want to, uh, you know what I mean? And so now she's like, she sees it like, baby, go ahead, I'll, I'll let you. She said five fights. I'll give you five fights. I'm like, thank you. And so right. I was two thirty in November. Well, now I'm at one sixty eight. Oh, okay. You just answered. My, no, you just answered my yeah. question. One sixty eight. Okay. No, no, I'm not gonna fight at 168. I'm gonna go down to 155. I plan on fighting at either 147 or 154. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All if right. If I can go lower, I'll go lower. My body lets me go lower. I go lower. Hey, you, you gotta let me know, man. You gotta keep me posted with that, bro. You gotta. Oh man, I would I'm love just, to stop man. by. Either way, yeah, I just stop by uh, uh, where where you train at, man, to check you out and stuff, and uh, check your workout. That that'd be awesome. Yeah, like what I what I do is, <laughs> and and it's funny because a lot of people were hating on me in the beginning. But, you know, instead of, and I would always say like, you know, no, next time just come to me and talk to me and I can explain what I do. And then when I explain it, they're like, okay, he knows the shit. And like, yeah, because they'll see me doing footwork drills and it's like, oh, that's not boxing. All of these guys, these personal trainers get, and I'm uh -huh. like, you don't know that I've been fighting all my life. And then, so, you know, I condition fighters. Like I can't train you to throw a punch if I don't train and condition your mechanics. If I don't teach you how to properly use your mechanics, how to transfer your body weight, how, how to move, how to, how to pivot, how to rotate your hips, how to turn into a punch, how to use your shoulders. If I can't teach you how to manipulate movement to make life easier for you to keep you balanced, then it's really no good. You know what I mean? That's like, I don't want to the fighter mechanic. Exactly. Like I build fighters. I build up fighters from the ground up. I teach you about your body as well. Okay. And so you're going to see things that you don't understand. And it's not boxing. It's not boxing. It's right. related to, it's boxing specific, but it's really just kind of like any other strength and conditioning program. And so right. in the social media age, what's going to make you stand out? Whatever's different, right? right? And so I'm like, I'm going to post the stuff that nobody's ever seen before 
because it's going to get good and bad attention, right? True. True. And it got me a nice little chunk of followers, right? And then once I started, you know, all right, cool. I got my little gym situated, got all my equipment, my ring and everything up. Now I'm going to show them that when it comes to the teaching this sport, I teach the fundamental basics traditionally, right? I don't teach all of this extra stuff. I, when it comes to actually learning the sport and teaching the sport, it's what everybody else does. And it's all of my experience and all that I've learned from other coaches and from my defeats and from what I did right. And so, like, I'll go toe-to-toe, knowledge for knowledge of, with anybody. I don't care who you are because I know how to articulate anything because you can teach a guy, oh, throw a punch like this. I can teach you, okay, these are the muscle groups you want to work on to strengthen that punch, right? Here's yeah. what you want to do to manipulate that movement. You get yeah. what I mean? I can teach you a cue on how to, you know, plant yourself better, move a little better, position yourself better. Like, I understood my movements because I had to learn it on my own because the other coaches really couldn't explain it. Right. And I would notice, okay, I need to work. I need to get better at doing this. Oh, like whatever he did, I need to work on doing that. And I knew that my coaches couldn't do it. So I'm like, I got to do it. And so I just, it just became just entrenched in who I am and my fabric. So I said, all right, I'm going to go to college. Cause I stopped boxing to go to college and play football. Right. And I was studying kinesiology. And so I always was interested in how the body moves and how it works. Right. And so when you, what you learn is that the human movement system is pretty much all manipulation. Okay. Your muscles, your muscles, it, it, it's all manipulation. Like you're not consciously moving anything. We're literally, it's, it's muscle contraction and muscle lengthening and all of these different muscles work together right. and they pull, they're attached. And it's so the muscles are literally manipulating movement by your tendons connected to muscle and bone. And so when you learn that and they're connected, if I do one thing, it opens up another movement. And if I do this, it opens up that. So once you start studying it, it's like, ah, okay. So that's why my punch didn't have snap on it back in the day. All right, cool, cool. So now I'm gonna start working on it. And I would personally go do it myself because I don't teach anything that I wouldn't do. Right. So before I teach anything, I'll hop in the ring and spar and try it out. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. So I'm not just gonna I'm not gonna watch film study for a guy and be like, all right, yo, let's see that, see how he did that. Let's You're go, like let's anything go of that. your own experience experience. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't knock any coaches that do that. I don't knock wow. any coaches that do that because it, it can work. It, it, is, it is effective. I have a, a buddy who actually became a very respected high school football coach. And all he did was watch football and play Matt. <laughs> never really? played. Never played. I, I, I kid wow. you not. He started with flag football. Then it went to Pop Warner. Then he got to uh, high school. And I kid you not. All he did was watch football and play Madden. And the dude ended up becoming a really great football coach. Oh, wow. Like me personally, I couldn't I wouldn't play for anybody who didn't experience the game themselves. That's just my own personal preference. But I wouldn't say that you have to have personal experience to do it. You just got to really know what you're doing. You got to be smart about it. And the thing about him is he would come to me and come to other guys and get experience from us to help him. He wouldn't just go in there and say, oh, I'm going to just do it because he'd be like, no, he'd be like, yo, so what happens if you if you hit this hole, if you hit that gap? And we would be like, oh, well, a lot of times this will happen or this guy would stack, or this guy would, you, you get what I'm saying? Right, and right, So yeah. we would help well, him he out. Was he was really just uh, opening himself up to just learn, you know? Yeah, to learn. You take everything in. And I agree with you on that. You don't need, like me, I've never been in the ring, to be honest with you. I've never been in the ring. But I, I, I know my boxing. I might not yeah. know, like, every, you know, like, like everybody else. Like, I'm not a trainer or whatever the case is. But I could sit there and have a conversation with you and talk boxing. Yeah. And I've never been in the ring. Yeah. 
it, it's it's more than possible. It's all about all you have to really do is just humble yourself and get under somebody with the experience, and then allow them to give you that game. Right? It's right. like at a uh, Blue Moon. If you go to Blue Moon and you next to Buddy or you next to uh, Ivan, you just ask them questions like, "Yo, why'd you have him do that? Why you have him do this? Why have him do that?" Well, yeah, I was training with Ivan. I actually asked I Ivan to um, I actually asked Ivan to prepare me for about. He was going to do it, and I still plan on doing it, but I just want to get down to the weight, get comfortable, because he's a busy man, and I don't want to waste his time, because, you know, Ivan is a great coach. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. He he really put me up on a, a – I learned a lot just working with him for just like a week. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, there is like a fundamental, fundamental principle in that gym that's taught, and it's amazing. And so you can learn a lot if you humble yourself. Like, for me, when I worked with Ivan, I didn't try to act like I knew anything. I just became clay, right? Because right. I learned that's how you learn. And no matter what you know, until the day you die, there's, you, there's stuff to learn every single day. Every day, there's something new to learn. So right. whatever you already know, it's not enough for wherever you're still headed. It's like a video game. You mm -hmm. pass one level. Yeah, you get to collect your coins, collect your score, you know what I mean, and gain experience. Right. But that experience is only to get you to the next level. And then you're going to fail in certain spots of that level. And you're going to have to learn again. Because if you go trying to do level two like level one, level two is a whole lot different, right? Right, 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 exactly. And so I would go in the gym and I would act like I don't even know what I'm doing just to see I see how he corrects me, see how he does this, see how right. he does that. And I ended up learning from Ivan, and that's how I learned. I humble myself before anyone who I say I'm going to be underneath you. I don't like I'm – not, I'm not that guy like, well, I'm a coach too. I'm a trainer too. I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. That's not me. That's not me at you all. You know what? Me – um. You know, being at Blue Moon and stuff, every day that uh that I was there, you know what I mean? It was just amazing. Being every day with, with Buddy McGirt, you know, hey. James Tony, hey. I rest in peace, Bernie. Bernie, you yeah, know, yeah, man, rest in peace. I met man when I walked in there, man. That dude, so spirit, man, is amazing, man. Oh, yeah. And I remember I couldn't take my eyes off of him because it's just energy that he had. And he oh, was yeah. working with um yeah, he, he was working with someone and just his spirit was amazing. Like he was like, yo, cracker Joe, look at me, wink. Didn't even meet me, but I'm like, all right, there's, there's always that one guy who makes you feel at home at the gym. And it's and it's sad because Bernie. Bernie made me feel at home at Blue Moon when I first walked into Blue Moon. And there was this other uh young guy who I used to spar with at Outlaws in Tarzana named Farcon. And um he just recently passed away a uh, day before Bernie. And he was the fighter who when I got in there. Yeah. You know, a lot of fighters, they really kind of measure you when you walk into the right. gym. But he was like, what's going on, man? How you doing? And he always made me feel welcome. And we just oh, yeah. lost him. So, I yeah, so remember, rest in peace, uh, too. Yeah, rest in peace, rest in peace. And I always remember Bernie, man. Every time I walk in there, he'll be like, hey, Jay, my brother. He'll give you a hug. You, you know, that's his energy. Yeah, he was like a little grizzly bear, man. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was. like a little grizzly bear. You know, yeah. he'll come and hug you. And you know what he would always say? I love you, man. I'm like, I love you too, bro. And always. Always, man. As a matter of fact, at the end of this That's show. All I heard him say when we was in there. He was telling everybody he loved him and just, yeah. yeah, just a great dude. Oh, he was. And that's what um this show, I was going to let you know too. I'm actually dedicating this show to him. You know, so this episode is dedicated to Bernie. So at the end of the man. show, you know, it'll be uh, in memory of Bernie. So, uh, man, definitely. So, I, I man, I'm ho I hope to do him justice on this because. It's just like you pay attention to those who make that impact on you, right? Yeah. You really pay attention to those guys. And he stood out like I was in there, you know, just 
peeping the, peeping the scene, watching all the guys work, listening to buddy coaches, guys, watching the guys spar, but he just kept sticking out. Yeah. It's like, you know, that you feel that energy and he kept sticking out and I'm watching him like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, he knows what he's doing too. I'm he watching him because I'm like, okay. Start to end. He was there from like, I want to say like eight, nine in the morning till like seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night. He was there all day. Yeah, man. He would take his kids. And, and, and that's a lot of, that's a lot that people don't understand. It's just like at the end of when I tried, if I never would have went to school, which I never should have done, I should have stayed in boxing. But again, I didn't see, I didn't see, a, you know, I could have went pro. A lot of guys like you should go pro. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's difficult because now you got to, you got to pay to, to fight. Right. Unless you got a, a, a manager or a promoter, you got to come up with that bread. You got to find someone who's going to break bread and sponsor you to get that fight. Like, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm getting my ducks in a row. Because, again, I don't want to waste Ivan's time, anybody's, or any coach's time. So I'm right, like, right. let me get my ducks in a row. Then I can put that in. And right. so what happened What what happened was it was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then it's just like, that's just too much. I'm like, and I, and I couldn't even go to tournaments because I couldn't afford it, right? My parents couldn't afford to pay for me to go to tournaments over here in Arizona and, mm -hmm. you know I me mean, all over the country. It's like, no, nah. I'm like, I'm a local fighter. I'm going to just show up and fight at whatever show that's available. I would just show right. up and fight. I remember that's how I met one of my coaches where I'm like, right. you don't want to let me fight. I'm going to just show up to this show and fight. And then I asked one guy like, yo, can you work my corner? And he's like, cool. And then we ended up like really working out. And I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, yo, I want you to come. I'm like, all right, I'll come. I'll show up on Monday. And, yeah, that, that's and cool, like, that's how yeah, like I was just, I just yeah. love to fight. It was fun to me. So because of that, and I, I didn't go to show, that, nobody you actually put yourself out there. You weren't shy. You were like, nah, man, I just want to get some work in. Let's go. I just, yeah, I just want to fight. And so if I go to a gym and I spar, you know, a guy can, he can say he whooped me all day, but I'm like, you whooped me, but I'm, I'm just in here trying to learn. Right. Like this is sparring. <laughs> this is about application. Here on so that way I can learn. <laughs> exactly. Like I came yeah. in here to gamble with these chances. That doesn't mean I'm going to let you beat me up, but I'm willing to take specific shots just to see if I can not take the shot right. because I don't want to be the guy in the ring who fights how he spars and then is lackluster or he's not learning anything or he's limited. I'm like, nah, I want to know. I want to be prepared when I go into the ring with these guys. Right. And right. so when I'm in the ring, I'm able to adjust. So I know what I'm going to do. Right. I okay. like, I had one guy who told me always circle the ring. As soon as the bell rings, go to the center circle. And I'm like, why would I do that? I, at first I'm like, you want me to just do it for you? He's like, no, watch their feet when you do it. Right. He's like, once you do it, watch their feet. So look, look at which foot they move first and in which direction and how they move it. And I'm like, okay. Then I would notice, okay, this guy has bad footwork. Cause if I circle the ring and you pause and then you got to turn, I'm like, Ooh, and he's slow. His feet are like a sloppy. Like, okay. okay I would know exactly what I can do. Right. I'm like, cool. I'm going, oh, I'm going to take angles on this guy. He, 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 he can't move. He can't punch and he can't pivot. I'm like, Ooh, okay. He adjusts slow. I'm like, Ooh, okay. Or I'll pump the jab. I'm like, all right, is he going, is he going to fall for the faint? Okay. He's waiting to counter me. All right, cool, cool. Cause I can see his hook, like, you know, his hand like start to go up. I'm like, Oh, he's trying to counter me over top. I'm like, cool. I'm like, if I go down, if I faint to the body, what does he do? He takes a step back. He's trying to counter over top. I say, okay, okay. I got it. It's about seeing what a guy knows. Right. So when you're prepared, you go in there with a game plan. You have so many different little moves and so many different tools in your toolbox to where you can literally set everything up. And when something goes wrong, you get to hit the reset button, which is what Floyd right. does great, which is what Andre Ward does great. That's what he did against Kovalev. He didn't fight the same way the whole fight. He was constantly adjusting. 
And then the thing is, like fans, when they look at a fight, they're not they're looking at the whole fight, right? They're not dissecting the rounds. Like me, I do it round by round. I'm not looking at oh, just because he dropped him in that that round, he won the fight. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, it's a, it's he's up two round. rounds because it's a 10-8. Yeah, it's yeah. a 10-8 round. So pretty much he's up two rounds. So I'm like, okay, let's see what he does. Marquez, for example, I always say this, and people always argue, but I don't care. Marquez lost those fights against Pacquiao, but he beat Pacquiao. And when I say he beat Pacquiao, he outboxed Pacquiao. He was landing the shots. He kept Pacquiao at a distance. Pacquiao wasn't willing to gamble as much as he would anybody else, like a Barrera or or a Morales. He wasn't as willing to gamble because Marquez had incredible timing. Like, you don't get dropped three to four times and fight to a draw and not outbox the guy over the duration of the fight, right? Like, to be down, literally, to give him four, three to four extra rounds on top of whatever – you really have to have made an impact where judges are like, oh, man, this is an even fight, right, based on the score. And in the second fight, you lose by a close split decision. It's like, and you got dropped again multiple times. You had to outfight him in order to even get that close after being dropped so much. And I thought he was robbed in the third fight. In the fourth fight, I, I, I felt really told the story of the whole rivalry. Right. right? Like, Marquez was just his kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> like, Pacquiao had to be on his game against Juan Manuel Marquez. Yep, I agree. Like, to me, and that's look, like Pacquiao to, of, me, to, Pacquiao to me is one of my all-time favorites. You yeah, know? I love Pacquiao. Yeah, I Pacquiao, love his feet. That's, that's my favorite boxer, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually very excited to watch his fight August 21st against Errol Jr. Who do you got on that fight and why? You know, my heart says Pacquiao, but my mind says Spence. Spence is is is, is special. I'm Spence is special. Point. Spence. What makes Spence real special is, again, he's one of those guys who's prepared. He's one of those guys. He's not scared of nobody because he's preparing for everybody, right? So he's a guy. He's watching guys, and so when a guy is winning, like Canelo, everybody's all in awe of Canelo, right? Spence is like, I can take advantage of that. I can beat this guy. I can go to the gym. He'll probably, I'm not saying, he, but he'll probably go to the gym and work on something that would be Canelo. I yep. get that vibe from him. I get that vibe from him to where other guys are in awe and they're like, oh, oh. But if you watch Spence when he's at these fights, blank face, he's studying. And I noticed that because I'm like, I know that look. He's studying these guys. He's thinking about doing it. Yeah. Spence is that, Spence is going to be, Spence is going to move up and he's going to keep winning titles. I think he's going to end up, I, I think, think if anybody beats Canelo, is going to be Spence. Even I, though I give Caleb Plant a 50-50 chance, I think if anybody beats Canelo, it's going to be Earl Spence. And I really believe that because Spence is just, he's different, man. He's that dude a is special. He's like, honestly, let's keep it real. He's like a like our modern day Mayweather. Yeah. Basically. He's cut from that Mayweather Andre Ward cloth. He's cut yeah. from that cloth. Yeah, yeah. Like so he, he's, he's just always prepared. Out. You know, he's our Mayweather right now. And I agree. I got nothing but love and respect for, for, for Spence, honestly. Um, but I'm a really, if I really have to put my money, and a lot of people are telling me, what are you doing, AJ? I'm going to on, on Pacquiao. No, you know what? You know what? I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Because even though Spence is, is as amazing as Errol Spence is, Pacquiao is different. And Thurman learned that. 
Yeah. Thurman learned. Thurman learned because everybody Thurman, was saying Thurman that Thurman didn't was Pacquiao. That don't fight. get me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. Thurman was really giving it to Pacquiao. Oh, yeah. He lost, but he wasn't getting like dominated. He was putting up a fight. I, lo I love Thurman. But Spence is a dog. So with Pacquiao, I think Spence is going to give him a different look. It's like with Garcia. People thought Garcia thought, okay, he's going to come in. He comes forward. He he attacks the body. He does great body work. What did he do? He outboxed him, right? He outsmarted Garcia. He's like, why would I go to war with this guy? And that's what he's planning for. You know what, Garcia? I'm going to make him think, right? Since that fight, he beat him in training camp. Garcia got beaten training camp because they're thinking, all right, he's going to fight me like he fought Sean Porter. He's right. going to fight me like he fought these other guys. He mm -hmm. boxed him. He boxed him and he kept him at a distance. Garcia couldn't even get in. He wasn't ready for that. They thought I don't oh, even think Garcia even laid a solid punch. He didn't. He, he did. didn't because you know, if you're if you're Mikey Garcia and you're truly you're extremely talented like Mikey Garcia, and you see a guy who comes forward and is aggressive, you're like, Oh, I can probably beat this guy. That's my game. But then when that guy shows up and he shows you something you ain't never seen before, mm -hmm. we've never seen that out of Spence ever, right? But again. Spence is a perfectionist. He prepared for that fight. Him and Derek James together, like they are <laughs> that they got something special. Derek James and Spence, that's why Spence won't lose because again, same trainer, same gym, mm -hmm. same philosophy. They're both geniuses. They work with each other. They're not trying to prove anything. They're preparing, they're going out to win. And I they love to fight. And that's and that's what it is. So they're like, all right, they expect us to do this. Arrow, we probably gonna go in here. Let's, let's box this guy. He's small. He's smaller than us. Let, let's 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 keep him small. And it worked. And then of course you got people like Pacquiao who, who took shots at Mayweather, and it's like, why would Mayweather go toe to toe? Like yeah. that's not what Mayweather does. Like you really and and I'm like, why wouldn't you prepare to fight Mayweather? How you know Mayweather is gonna fight? Because mm -hmm. again. Mayweather scared us. I mean, not scared us. He surprised us when he fought Mosley. I did not think Mayweather was going to come forward, sit in the pocket, and pick Mosley apart like that. I mean, I think that's the only fight that he actually really did that, where he just sat in the pocket like that and would come forward to you. He did. Because even with Marquez, he, he was you setting traps. The fight to Mayweather. Mayweather won't bring the fight to you. You got to bring the fight to Mayweather. And I correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the only fight that I can honestly remember um, where he brought the fight. Well, Money Mayweather. That's the first time Money Mayweather did it. Correct. Pretty correct. boy. Correct. Pretty boy. Pretty boy. Pretty boy brought the fight. Oh, yeah, I agree. And that's and that's what and that's what irritates me about a lot of these fans, right? They know Money Mayweather. They don't know Pretty Boy. They didn't. A lot of guys didn't even know Mayweather. He fought De La Hoya. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He had to fade the cold little fade. Yeah, man. A lot of guys didn't even know Mayweather until De La Hoya fight, because again. The, my, my biggest issue with all of these, you know, keyboard warriors in the comment section is that they call themselves real boxing fans, but they don't support the local guys. They don't support the local promoters. They don't support the amateurs. They don't support anyone. They only support who promoters market and tell them is the next guy, the big deal. And then they'll be like, oh, well, I've followed him since he was a prospect. I'm like, of course you did because he was thrown in your face. But are you following, you know, Samuel Arnold out of St. Louis? Mm -hmm. you know I mean, are you following Antonio Tarver Jr.? Yeah. Like, we have another Tarver coming. Like, I don't think yeah. people really appreciate how special that name Tarver is. Oh, right? yeah, 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 I agree. Like, like, people don't appreciate Antonio Tarver enough. Like, a lot, like, 
he literally, if Tarver would have did what everybody else did, we wouldn't even know who he is. Tarver went and literally took it. He oh, didn't yeah. complain. He didn't cry. He said, I'm going to go fight everybody Roy fought. I'm going to fight Roy's mandatories. I'm going to beat Roy's mandatory and become his mandatory. And, and then when Roy went up to him, he backed it up. Man, Tarver is 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 a legend. He is a, he oh, yeah. is a special, and he's under. A, there's too many underappreciated guys. Demarcus Corley needs more respect, right? Because you didn't know you made it until you beat Chop Chop. Uh-huh. Like when Cotto beat Chop Chop, they knew Cotto was ready, right? Right. When Mayweather beat Chop Chop, Mayweather was ready, right? He he took off. He's already Mayweather, but that was a rough and tough fight. Mm-hmm. Mayweather had to dig in that fight. People don't understand that Chop right. is a real slick, savvy fighter. Right. He's technically sound. He just ain't Mayweather, right? He just couldn't right, be right. Mayweather. But there were a lot of guys who Chop would knock out because they would underestimate him and they would take they wouldn't take him serious. So again, if you beat Chop, you knew you were ready for that level. Like Chop was like that gatekeeper for the elites, not mm-hmm. just the gatekeeper for the A side or whatever. But it's like, all right, if you can beat Chop, you're one of the elites. You're one of the top guys because right. Cotto did it, and a lot of guys tried to do it, and Chop was like, nah, it's a bad night for you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like. If you if, if these guys, if we start supporting our local promoters, local promotions, local fighters, then you get to actually appreciate boxing for what it is in its pure form of the sport, right? right? Because it's like it's like when you watch NBA, people are following guys in high school, they're following guys in college. Same with football, right? Right. Same with a lot of these other sports. You're following guys from their amateur days all throughout until they make it to the pros. So you're more invested into the sport. And the sport's in good hands. But with boxing, it's not like that. Nobody's going to the gyms. Like, go to the gym and just watch these guys fight. Like, like beat, like, you know, it's like treat every training camp that most guys go through like a media day. Just take yeah. your kids to the gym. Let your kids watch these guys. Because you don't even know who you're looking at. You don't know who you're watching. And shout out to Young Kings Boxing and Samuel Arnold, man. That dude is special. Out, He's the next out. one. And a, lot of, and a lot of people don't understand that. And Antonio Car- Tarver Jr. too. I'm telling you, you let him go when he gets there. I can't wait, man, and I'm rooting. You guys and I can't here. wait. You guys heard it. I here can't first, wait. I'm look. telling y'all, you you don't understand what having a Tarver in boxing me, right? Because oh, yeah. they're going, they're going to, they're going to expose you of all the the BS, all the hype, because they're going to come and they're going to bring their lunch pill. Tarver didn't have all the athletic gifts. Mm-hmm. Tarver didn't have the best skill set, but the man knew how to fight. Right. Oh, yeah. And he learned he learned from Buddy. <laughs> right. Did, yeah. I, in my head every day, I always hear you give him too much respect, Antonio. That's all I replays in my head because I, I hate Antonio Tarver. Tarver was like he 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 grounded it out and he wasn't afraid of any challenges. He wasn't afraid of any loss. He was actually like the comeback kid because any rematch he was going to win. Oh, yeah. He fought. He fought Chad Johnson. He fought the young guys. He fought. He gave Bernard Hopkins a shot. He mm-hmm. wasn't afraid to fight. And then, like me, I used to study psychology of fighters. I would study how these guys really think, like how, like, like what makes them tick, like. And I would end up like taking on a role of certain guys who I would study. Like, okay, I'm going to embody Hagler for my next fight. I'm going to embody, you know, I'm embody Roy and be a little slick, be a little showboat for my next fight. I'm embody Bernard Hopkins. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I mean? I would embody these guys and really. Like, you know, the interviews, the post-fight interviews, the interviews leading up to the fight that they were showing on HBO, I would, like, 
watch those and really see these guys' mindset and how they approach the game. George Foreman, uh, I remember you after implement him, that into your own game. Yeah, that would be my mindset in sport. That would be your mindset, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the gym, that would be my mindset. It was it's like Denzel preparing for a role, right? He would embody that role. That was me. Okay. That was my mindset. I'm like, cool, I'm going to take on, I'm going to embody this person's psychology. So I'm not going to be afraid of this and that, and this is what I'm going to do. And I would just shadow box, and I would do things like take certain moves and work certain things, and I would just embody right. that whole that whole mindset. Because, you know, when you're a fighter, you walk different. Because you ain't worried right. about nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? Especially exactly. if you're a dedicated, pre a prepared fighter, you ain't worried about nothing. It's like, True. I'm, I'm good. And, yeah. and I tell like any guy, any like young fighters I train, I'm like, yo, you got to really watch this guy and watch how he moves. And Antonio Tarver was that dude because I hated Tarver. Like, you know, he knocked out my, my you know, my hero, Roy. Like, yeah, Roy was yeah. my guy, right? Like the GOAT, like I think, and people argue with me, like Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Robinson, hands down, is from what he accomplished and what his skill set was and, and just how he breathed fighting like fighting for him was like breathing that's how easy it was he would like he fought what three times three or four times in a in a, in a <laughs> over the course of, i believe like three weeks four weeks something like that like you know like about a month at most he lost yeah. a, he lost a, he lost to lamada fought a guy the next week fought lamada again and beat him and it was like that's how easy and then they were like back to back to back and right? those days were 15 rounds yeah. And so he didn't need to, you know, he didn't need three months to regroup. He didn't need time to get his head right. He was like, oh, OK, I'm going to beat this guy next week. Who was a real contender. I can't remember his name off the top, but then I'm going to go back and beat Lamada after I beat him. And yeah. that's how he that, and that's what made him so special. That's why I, I won't argue with anyone who says he's a goat. Literally, he is. Mm -hmm. But I believe Roy in his prime beats everybody. Oh, I used to love Roy, bro. Like yeah. that. Everything, even like to to what he wore, bro. Like all the Jordan gear and all that, dude. I the, the I, tuxedo tops. The tuxedo top. I wanted How he had the little shag in the back of the head. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't brave enough to do that, but he had the little little. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, this dude Roy and just and, and, he would and, come uh, to the ring, man. He was just different. Those shoes, man. The Jordan shoes, his own shoes that came out under under Jordan. To this day, I had them. I had every pair. I, 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 I didn't, man, I wanted some and I could not find them. And then I did find them one time, but not the color that I want. Remember the blue ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the blue ones. I had I them all. The I had ones. the red, the blue, I the gray. The red. But yeah, the blue ones it, that he had, they weren't, they didn't have my size. No, they sold out. Everybody had them. My co One of my coaches, Coach Jimmy Jackson, he hated them. He hated when I wore them because <laughs> he was like, they're too heavy. Because he noticed that I didn't move as much. Because I would fight like Roy fought against Ruiz, where I'm like, all right, Roy's fighting a little more patient now, right? Uh -huh. And I would end up fighting like that a lot. I studied that fight a lot, too. Like Roy versus Clinton Woods, that's one of my favorite fights. Oh, okay. And also, Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson and Oscar, and uh, um, not Oscar, uh, Orlando Cuellar. Coach okay. Cuellar. Yeah, Those, Cuellar. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Quite, like if you watch the Glenn Johnson versus Roy Jones fight and you listen to Quayar in that corner, that's when I'm like, dude, I want to teach. Yeah. Like Quayar is what, like there's been a lot of great trainers, but the fact that he gave Glenn like that, the vice he, like you, you like the, the game plan poured out and they fed off of each other. And Glenn executed it. He wasn't worried. Like the stuff, I posted it on my uh Instagram, like his post-fight interview, he literally stuck to the game plan. He said most guys, you know, Roy would jump in, one shot, two shot, you know, take the angle off to the side. But he said, no, nah, I'm going to stay close enough to where if he hits me, I can at least hit him, 
right? And he stuck to that. He wasn't worried about it. And he was just coming forward. And when he would go back to the corner, Cuellar would just start spitting. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, this dude is spitting. And then he will go out the next round and do exactly that to yeah. the point where it was just there. Roy Jones is an absolute legend. He really is. Legend. Legend. Yeah. And I learned a lot from Roy in that fight, too, because you got Glenn just roughing him up. I learned how to roll against the ropes. Mm-hmm. And because the way Roy was rolling, he could always let off shots because he always rolled with his shoulders. I used to always love shoulders... how he just fight like this. Like, yeah, he would have his like, hands down. Yeah. Like, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do no, all he of that special He was always just fight like this, like just looking at you and bah, bah. Roy, Roy taught me how to use movement as, as defense. Yeah. Because people don't understand that. Roy would use movement. So if he threw a left hook, right, if he threw that left hook, he would roll that left hook underneath whatever you threw and come with a shot right up under it. Roy taught me that. That's what I learned from Roy. So I could sit against the ropes and roll and just counter, counter, counter. And that's what he's so great at. Like, as, as aggressive as you're going to be against the ropes, Roy is going to roll and hit you with shots all day because his yep. movement, his foot, his footwork, his balance. Roy was the perfect, like, to me, he was just perfect. But his athleticism made him perfect. Once that started to dwindle, his legs started to go, then he was just, he was getting hit too much. But Roy in his prime, like I said, man, I don't see any, I wouldn't pick anybody against Roy in his prime. He's, he's oh, my go. That's my greatest of all time. No, I agree. I agree with you, man. We're winding down to uh, the last couple of minutes here. I really, really do appreciate, you know, you coming on the show, man, your experience, yeah. your knowledge, everything. You're going to have to send us a check. Uh, I mean, not a check. I'm sorry. You know, you're going to have to send us a bill. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to pay you. <laughs> I know. No, no, you're going to have to send us a bill. You know, from everything that you said today was very helpful for everybody that's going to tune in. You know, I'm sure it's going to help out that boxer at home listening to this show. And be like, you know what? I could take something from Coach Cut. You know, like straight up. I don't, I don't even want them to take nothing from me. To be honest with you, I want them to take stuff from these fighters. Right. Like, stop watching these fighters just, you know, because I think fan bias is really kind of like, in my opinion, the fans are ruining the sport, but they're not doing it purpose. They, they right. just invest too much into a specific fighter to where they fall in love with that fighter and they want to protect them. Right. Because a lot of times you'll get guys arguing and they'll make excuses for guys ducking, right? No, sure. Oh, who has he fought? Who has he fought? And I'm like, why are you worried about who he fought? Like, shouldn't he get an opportunity to at least challenge himself? It's like, how can a fighter prove himself to you if you are making an excuse as to why he shouldn't take that challenge right like let him go out there if it's an easy fight it's an easy fight for your fighter exactly right but like what are you worried about give him that opportunity like don't tell don't say like don't talk about who wilder fought and who ortiz fought and like like fight him like it doesn't matter fight him still if it's such an easy cakewalk let him fight watch a good fight that's exactly like you understand what i'm saying and i agree with you fans have to stop doing that yeah. yeah, because if if promoters have to protect their assets, right? Right. So if, if a loss diminishes their assets, promoters have to pick very carefully who their fighter fights. Mm-hmm. But if a promoter sees, okay, fans just love to watch this guy. Look at Gabe Rosado and Golden Boy, right? Mm-hmm. Fans just love to watch this guy. Look at Fernando Vargas, another legend that, that, oh, yeah, that's yeah. unappreciated mainstream. But Fernando, is he is a film study. You see his yeah. sons, man? <laughs> There is no way all three you, of how do you how do you breathe three? Like, like, like I ask yourself this: how many, how many like famous, like really star athletes who are up up in that echelon level, like 
like Vargas was. How, how many of them read? Or and none. then they still won't do, and they still, and it's still not that good, right? You look at Joe yeah. Frazier and his son. He was like his son, yeah. He he made it to fight Tyson and all that, but he wasn't really, you know, a standout, a stud. Like he didn't live up to his father. But when you look at his Vargas's sons, man, all, all of those boys look. All of those boys are special. They all special in that relationship that they have with their pops. Vargas is a treasure. And oh, people you know need what? to start to appreciating Vargas even more. When I was in Vegas, I was at the Jorge Capatillo's gym in uh, in Vegas. Yeah, I follow him. Yeah, so um, yeah. when I was there, you know, I was just watching the, the three boys, you know, and Fernando was there and the way they interacted with each other and the way they gave praise to their pops. Like straight up saying, they're a legend. My, my pops is a legend. They understand the shoes that they got to fill. Yeah, And they're taking it in like they were meant to be in this sport. All of them are so humble. They're very like, man, man. Like, how can I say salute, this? Salute to Vargas. Life? Salute to Vargas' wife. Salute to, to, Every, to that yeah. home that they created, man. That's, how, that, can that's I say a, this? how can I say this by not being disrespectful to them by saying that they're very lovable, like in a respectful way? Like they No, really, they are. They're very you, lovable. Like you, can't, you, can't, you can't stop. You can't not watch what they're doing. Right, right. Like you, you like it's hard to turn away from as, what they're doing because a, they're all doing. As a person, like when you're there, they're very. It's they're like like Bernie. Rest in peace to Bernie again. They're like Bernie. Like they they show you nothing but love in there. They don't care who you are. They show you nothing but love and respect when you're at their gym. Straight his up. youngest son, his youngest son. The, the interview he did with a uh, fight hype, I believe it was. Okay, I think it was fight hype. Like, how are you that young and you have that much wisdom? They're coached. You, you oh, get what I mean? Like they're coached. They're, I don't think they're coached. I think that's just natural. They learned. They they had to learn it from their mm. from their what their influences, right? The right. influences of mother and the father. Like yeah. hats off to that Vargas family. Like that. I hope and I pray that they just enjoy success. And I hope they're like. Yeah. I hope they exceed their father's expectations, man. Because uh, those boys Fernando, are special as well. Fernando Junior. Fernando Vargas Junior. has a fight coming up next week. So yeah, he know, do. That and that's way. another thing. God, people need to start supporting them like if you support these guys so we the only way we're going to have boxing is going to survive is if we start supporting the guys before the promoters tell you who to support support the guys so the promoters take those guys right yeah if we support these guys at the lower levels promoters are going to pay attention to these guys at these lower levels i agree and so when we support these shows it's like okay it's going to be more of a farming situation where promoters are going to be hanging out at all of these different shows and these local promotions, the more money they get, because you got guys who show up for fights, literally. Uh, Matias Boxer, another guy, uh, uh, the Silent Assassin, uh, Jerry mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Braff. I want, I hope I say his name right. right. Guy, uh, Jerry Braff out of Outlaws, right? Yeah. Matias will go. Well, uh, he flew out for a fight and it got canceled on it. Like, how do you fly out somewhere to fight and the fight gets canceled? Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? And yeah. it's like a lot of times this happens because you know either the guy doesn't make the weight or sometimes enough tickets don't sell, and then you just that was money you were counting on. That's how you eat. And yeah. so we're not supporting these guys. We're not we're not buying the live streams. We're not buying tickets to the shows. We're not buying the merchandise. We're not supporting them. We're not we're not we're not putting them on. Promoters are in boxing. It's like having a sales job, right? Right. You have to sell yourself. That's why Jake Paul is doing so good. I he agree. has a brand already. I agree. He has a brand. So. These guys are building, they, they're trying to build their brand, but no one's paying attention to them. I agree. But if you actually go into these gyms and you see these guys in the, in the training, working, 
you see him running. Like if you see a guy running along the street, more than likely he's a fighter. Ask him, are you a fighter? What's your name? What's your Instagram? For, yeah. for, for anybody who's watching, if you see any guy just running, just ask him. He could be a fighter, up and coming fighter, just getting ready for a fight. Like look at Kelly Pavlik, the dude, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Not Kelly Pavlik, I'm sorry. Uh, the light heavyweight. Joe, uh, again, uh, drawing a blank. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Um, where's he Joe from? Smith. Yeah, Joe Smith. Is it Joe, Smith. Joe, Joe Smith, right? He was uh, still working with his uh, with a construction company and stuff like that until he started. It's like these guys are – they could be more dedicated to their craft mm -hmm. if it became more of like an NCAA thing where promoters don't have to pick and choose carefully. They can just sign multiple guys because the fans are going to support every show, every card, and they That's can just true. let these girl, let these guys fight and support our female boxers most important because it is not fair that these girls are fighting amateur with – it's kind of like how back in the day with the uh, college hoops for women. Yeah. There was nothing to look forward to. Like Cheryl Miller, she should have been the greatest basketball player to ever see a WNBA floor, yeah. but they didn't have that, right? And so support these women out here because they're fighting an amateur and accomplished all these great things. And then you got Clarissa Shields. How is it that a two-time Olympian, gold medalist, right? The fastest fighter to become a three-division champion, right? I don't care. You can say, oh, she's, I don't know. Mm. Women scrap. Oh yeah, I haven't seen. Oh, I haven't a seen a boring in women boxing. I haven't seen a boring females fight ever. Hannah Gabriel versus uh, Clarissa Shields. Man, if you watch, um, uh, what's her name? What's her name? I can't remember. I, I'm bad, man. But she fought uh Maria Cornejo, who who trains out of a uh, Blue Moon sometimes. I believe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cornejo. I hope yeah. I said her name right. Yeah. yeah, she scrapped with her. She's known as the uh, HH Diva, Glenn Desern. Okay, okay. Yeah, that fight was uh, was a film study. <laughs> yeah, that fight was a film study. And they had a Gabriel fight. Like she, she, they, she they know what they're doing. Maca uh, Raquel Miller, she's a scrapper. Like in the ring with Christine, you know, you know who that is? Yeah, Christine. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should follow in the ring with Christine. She's actually she she's a coach uh, in Tokyo now. Yeah, she's a, a part of the USA team. She posts all of the female fighters that you need to watch. Like she supports female boxing like crazy. And, and I, think, I follow I her so I can get is, put up on game. Is rising. I honestly do think that female boxing is rising. You know, I think it, it is. And like up. if you yeah, notice, like I, I bought there's female fights in almost every card now. There's at least one or and two. You know what? And I said and I put it out there. I said, I'm not gonna watch any card, and I haven't done yet. Any card that doesn't have a female fight, I, I won't I won't watch it. Because okay. it's not hard. It's not hard to book these women to actually fight consistently. At least have right? one. Like who 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 really watches the undercard as far as like the first two? Not not many people, right? I do. So <laughs> I, I do too, personally. Yeah, I, I do too. It. But I'm actually, saying as both, far as like, are probably the best fights. No, they are because these guys gotta prove themselves, right? Yeah. And so these women are they have to prove themselves. And a lot of times you got women who are you'll see their records like five and one or or like five and eight and it's like they don't have a lot of fights because they can't get a lot of fights yeah like they, when clarissa shields had that all female pay-per-view i'm like yo i bought it right away bet watched yeah. entertain all these women scrap support yeah it's like just support and watch the sport they're not out there slapping each other no they're they're they're, 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 they're it's oh, like man. they're brawling they're really they're they they are a film study just like any other great fighter is and clarissa I shields agree. is special I want to see a super six. 
Yeah, I agree. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see three of the proven. I want to see Clarissa, Hannah Gabriel, and I want to see Katie Taylor. Right, the one everyone claims is the real quote, which she ain't. She's very talented, but she's no Clarissa Shields at all. Taylor, right? Taylor's good. I want. She's good, but come on, Clarissa is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like she's not human in the ring, right? Yeah. And so, like patience, timing, just all of that. She's just she does everything hey, right. Estrada is a beast. I'm telling you, man. There's he so I want to see a super. Beast. I want to see a. I want to see a super eight. <laughs> yeah. Like us. Like like everybody find a catch weight, put them in there, mm. and let them go. Let's I see agree. who. Like like I think if that happens, if any promoter, if the promoter decided to do that, I think that will put women's boxing just like on a, in a different stratosphere. I agree. I agree. In a different so, stratosphere. So let's do this, man. Because we're going to get ready to wrap it up. But I want to get this little segment that I always do on my shows. It's called Let's Get Personal. So I'm going to ask you some, some fire questions. And you got to answer them. You know, um, random questions. They're, they're random. I got them all mixed up. So I'm going to just pick. All right. All right. So I do this every every uh, episode. So let's get personal. You ready? You ready? Drum roll. Ready. Ready. Roll. All right. All right. Favorite food? Burgers. Cheeseburger. Favorite color? Red. Favorite athlete? Uh, oh, man. That's on the spot. Favorite athlete, favorite athlete. Oh, man. I'm a boxing fan, so I'm going to just say... Uh, I'm going to say Canelo, because I'm a boxing fan. That's the only sport I think of when I think of athlete right now, so Canelo. First car? First car? It was a, a weird colored uh, 93 Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> All right. Dream car? <laughs> Dream car? Oh man, uh, probably a nine a ninety eight Cobra. Favorite place to travel? I don't travel a lot, but my my destination is Ghana. Ghana is where I want to go. All right, all time favorite movie. All time favorite movie? Man, this is so many. I'm telling you, my go to movie. Yeah, it's, it's on the spot, movie. man. Because it's like, oh man, movie. Move. Go-to movie, if I had to put a movie on go-to movie, probably uh, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Oh, thank you. That's actually mine. Yeah. Uh, that's dope. That's dope. If, if, I, if I had to watch one movie for the rest of my life, it'd probably be When Nature Calls. Ask anybody that knows me, it's either Ace Ventura movies, all of them, actually, because Jim Carrey, to me, is like one of my favorite actors. Liar, yeah, liar. Yeah, all, you know. Um, all right. So, uh, favorite music? Any type of genre? Favorite music? Yeah. Uh... Gospel. What do you listen to to get in the zone? Oh, old school hip hop. Eric B. Rakim. Um, okay. I'm listening to. Uh, I'm listening. To, you know, OLL Cool J. You know, okay. up and coming LL Cool J. I'm listening to that. I'm listening to uh, what my homies call. Tupac, had you, Tupac, uh, now. LL Cool J. Yeah, like I'm telling you, when like if you come to my gym, the whole soundtrack is gonna be old school stuff. Ninety three uh -huh. till infinity. It's gonna be De La Soul. You're gonna hear. Uh, uh, AZ, you're gonna hear all that. You're gonna hear all the guy like you know. You're gonna hear uh, okay. Barrel Monk. You're gonna hear like real, yeah. real classic stuff. All right, all right, sounds good. There, you guys have it. The fighter machine. I'm sorry, the fighter mechanic. Hey, I'll, I'll be, you can call me that too. It is what it is. And there you go, there you go. The fighter mechanic, Coach Cut. Man, thank you, thank you for uh, for stopping by. Hey man, no, you know I appreciate knowledge. you having me on, man. Giving us some good knowledge, giving us some good insight in uh, in the sport of boxing. Um, we got to have you back on. You know, I feel like we have uh, more to anytime. talk about. I feel like we do have more to talk about. 
So uh, you'll be back on soon. You know, we'll do another part two and uh, we'll get this going, man. Where can they support your local fighters? Support the local, show up to the amateur shows, fill the amateur shows out. Like if you like boxing, go to uh, USA Boxing's website, search, like you can literally email the chair, the local chairman. Ask them when the next show is. Subscribe to their newsletters. Go to gyms. Ask the gyms, do they hold shows? Go to Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit Boxing on Long Beach. Shout out to uh, Coach Ivan out there. Uh, Jack Rabbit. Shout out to another guy. Watch out for young uh, young Ashley, H2O. Watch out for him too. Watch out for them. Watch out for uh, Anthony Finesse Hess. That guy is that. That's a, he's cut from that like that Pernell Whitaker claw. I okay. like that dude. Uh, Javion Cardinal, real long dude. He he could be cut from that hern cloth. He uses the jab real good. He knows how to use his range. You got there's a lot of lot of gyms. Go to these gyms, talk to these coaches, get with these people, ask questions, support boxing. You can't say boxing is dying if you are not supporting it when it matters. Support the up and coming guy. Agreed. Agreed. That support me could mean a world of difference as far as confidence and as far as what these fighters can achieve. And these young boys also. Get boxing in public schools. We need boxing in public schools. I agree. I agree. Instead yeah. of suspending our our young black and brown boys or our troubled boys and our troubled young girls, get boxing in public schools and give them something that they can excel at. I agree. I agree. Where can they follow you at? Uh, the underscore fighter mechanic. There you guys so have T-H-E it. T-H-E underscore fighter, F-I-G-H-T-E-R, mechanic, M-E-C-H-A-N-I-C. And you guys can follow me at AJ underscore media underscore. You guys can follow us at off the hook with AJ. Thank you again, Coach Cut. I really do appreciate you stopping by. There you guys have it. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Off the Hook with AJ. And we out till next time.